Hello, you're listening to the Washington Weekly Review. I'm the Southeast Iowa Union's Kaylin McCain. It's the week of March 5, 2022. Local stories this week feature vaccine mandates, Brighton fire talks, and a mid-prairie bond issue. But first, a look at the big picture. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley met with reporters on Monday to discuss a range of hot-button federal issues. At the top of the list was Ukraine, with Grassley giving the Biden administration mostly positive remarks on its response to the country's invasion. It's very positive that it looks like these sanctions are working, and it looks like particularly the decision that Europe made and the United States followed along on to uh, uh, stop Russian banks from using the acronym SWIFT, where, where banks around the world do business through, that seems to have really bitten uh, uh, into Russia's business to do international business. On the negative side, I'd only say that these sanctions should have been announced, maybe not put in place until the invasion happened, but if, maybe if Putin had known what could happen, we wouldn't have had this invasion. And, uh, and then the other thing is, are, did we get enough material to Ukraine soon enough to make a difference? Uh, I think I'll end with saying the situation's a very fast-moving one. We don't have a minute to waste in our efforts to support Ukraine. The senator also weighed in on Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson, saying he had voted against her for previous federal appointments, but pledging to keep an open mind. We're going to solidly vet her. Uh, it's going to take uh, three or four weeks, I think, to get that done. I'm going to be able to meet with her in person this Wednesday. I'm going to... Uh, have plenty of opportunity to ask questions. I'm going to insist that all Republican members of the committee, if they want to meet with her face-to-face, get a chance to do it like I'm doing it. And other Republicans ought to have the same chance, even if they aren't on the committee. But uh, I think I shouldn't speculate beyond that. But uh, uh, what I knew about her uh, previous uh, judicial decisions I thought she wasn't right for the district uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. On immigration, Grassley said he was open to increased protections for the children of documented and undocumented immigrants. Uh, I don't have problems with dealing with kids that were brought here by their parents. Their parents violated their laws, entered the country without our permission, but the kids being forced to come with their parents can't be considered illegal aliens. Maybe... From a technical standpoint, they can, but from a humanitarian standpoint, I don't hold the kids responsible for what their parents uh, did to violate the law. So that makes it easy. And yes, this was a topic of conversation in Oskaloosa Town Meeting, one of 12 counties I had last uh, week, and one DACA uh, person showed up, and you can't help but feel sorry for them and because uh, their parents brought them here and that's a major problem that's the big picture we'll be back with the local news after the break
Todd Hahn Construction is an award-winning custom home builder with a 28-year history in the greater Iowa City area. Todd Hahn Construction's goal is to build you the finest quality custom home while providing you with a positive experience along the way. It's one of the many reasons they've been named the Iowa City Area Home Builder of the Year time and time again. A custom home is more than just a house. It's the culmination of a dream and years of hard work. Todd Hahn Construction makes that dream come true by always putting you, the customer, first. For more information, go to ToddHahnConstruction.com. That's T-O-D-D-H-A-H-N Construction.com. The Washington County Board of Health approved a CMS vaccine mandate policy late last week, after initial plans sparked controversy. The new policy, which passed unanimously, requires employees to submit written documentation that they're symptom-free every week. Public Health Director Emily Tokheim said the mandate required documentable mitigation measures. The other thing that the um, surveyor guidance looks for is measurable and the documentation of strategies. Um, so I know that you know, hand washing, other PPE, those are all um, good hygiene practices for the purpose of this policy. Through our conversations, we were in agreement that we did not feel that that was adequate to meet the requirements of this policy and to meet the requirements of that surveyor guidance who will be looking at this policy down the road. Tokheim pitched the policy as a compromise that stopped short of weekly COVID-19 tests. My purpose with all of this was to find a middle ground that we all could feel good about and feel that meets the requirements that we are being held to. Board member Chris Greer, who lobbied against mandatory weekly COVID-19 tests in the original policy, said he was satisfied. This is a huge step forward um, because I think our primary thing was not having the, the necessary testing for COVID every week for an undetermined amount of time, and, and that's that was my primary concern, setting forth a policy that forced people to do testing, even during times where it might not make any sense at all, which we might already be at that time. I see no reason not to support this draft. The city of Brighton met with township trustees and fire officials for an informal meeting Wednesday night, after weeks of controversy over the city's fire department funding. Firefighter Mark Cobb said the city needed to explain what appeared to be a series of missed payments to the Fire Protection Fund. Well, I'm not saying you're not taking money. I'm just trying to figure out how the uh, expenses and capital reserve amount should match the revenues. And in what we were presented, it did. You, you generated your own budget because of, because of we didn't provide you with a budget. That's, that's a fair statement. But with what we were provided, it didn't balance. Brighton Township trustee Gordon Shelangoski said he needed better communication from the city. Uh, just a little letter coming out to us to tell us what that is or to tell us what's going on or tell us that you're having troubles, uh, be patient with us. That made a huge difference. So I think we can fix this if we just stay on that communication road. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Before I would vote to... to before I would vote to pay any money to this council, I would want to see those numbers. And I would want to feel comfortable that those numbers are correct and that they're going to be followed through with. And, and, and that's all I've ever wanted. I want it to be fair to everybody. And we signed this agreement a long time ago, and you're right, we should probably redo it. I really think we should. Mayor Melvin Rich promised to deliver more information as soon as it was available. The money's there. We have, the city of Brighton has never taken money from the townships and spent on anything but the fire department. 
And what we're saying is we need to get the, the right allocations for the budgets so we can make our general fund work. We'll just, we'll just run the report tomorrow. We can show you. Residents of the Mid Prairie School District voted down a bond referendum this week, sending the schools back to the drawing board for a number of big-ticket projects. Votes were about 4% short of the required 60% to pass. Superintendent Mark Schneider said the result was a reality check. Uh, we got a, a wide range of input from a, uh, a, a diverse group of people, and um, they put together what... Uh, uh, they felt was was best for the district, and and obviously this is the way the system works. You know, you you bring things before the voters, and and they have an opportunity to vote either yes or no, and and in this, this instance they voted no, and you know that's that that's their right. The district must now find a way to fund some of its top priorities, either with donation and sales tax revenue, or by preparing another bond issue pitch to voters in September. For the the school board, they'll they'll. I'm sure they'll get together at their next meeting. They'll uh, uh, ponder the results and uh, uh, they'll map out a strategy for the future. I mean, obviously, we still have needs. Uh, some of those needs are immediate needs, um, so they'll have to uh, uh, determine. They'll have to determine how to move forward. It's my opinion that that I hope we do something with uh, with revenue bonds paid by sales tax. That's the local news. We'll be back with the best news I've heard all week right after this. Just a reminder, if you're interested in getting a message out to our listeners, you can give our office a call at 319-653-2191. Messages don't necessarily have to be ads. We'll also take birthday messages, anniversary announcements, and anything else you want our listeners to hear in 150 words or less. And now, the best news I've heard all week. The Fairway Grocery Store in Washington has donated nearly $2,500 to Iowa Wave Shirt, an organization benefiting the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Grocery manager Dave Waite said the store sold more donation tokens than any others in the state. Of our 120 stores, we, were, uh, we sold the most hands, the Wave hands. Um, it's really the generosity of our customers and our employees really got after and had fun with it. It was fun when it took off, just watching it grow as it went. So, had a good time with it. Assistant manager Josh Althoff credited the community for the money raised. Yeah, we can't put it upon ourselves. It's just the people who we have here and the community. People know it's going to a great foundation and great support. Um, people will just go back again and again. So, we can't even put it upon ourselves. We're just here as the in-between person. So for the community, we're just telling them about a great opportunity to help out. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is copyrighted property of the Southeast Iowa Union, which is owned by the Gazette. Want to buy a message and support the show? Call our Washington office at 319-653-2191. Want to support the show without spending money? Try sharing it with a friend and subscribing to it on your podcast platform of choice. That's all for this week. This has been the Washington Weekly Review. I have been Kaylin McCain. Have a great week.